on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti? Fis Turmi. Tashe Dukrecha Nach Vetok Ara Igornamyan on Kestin Echol. Vientalamaginom Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshetarin Griven Orkarstan Ilistuhalagiskimina Fracht Gorokligsar Dukashenecher. Nani Venaun Dardarakshin Ven Marav. Shachtan. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. The last couple of times when we've played in that whole week. He tries to he tries to be really calm with his with his team talks as the week goes on. But by a team meeting on Tuesday afternoon, he's lost and he's like ready to play. He's ready to strap on the boots himself, you know. And then it always like at the end of the meeting, it always has to be like, oh sorry boys, um, yeah I got a bit carried away there. The game's only on Saturday. Like let's calm down. And we're like, we calm. You need to calm down. <laughs> Hello and welcome to an extra episode of the Left Wing Podcast. Will Slattery here with you and I'm delighted to be joined by a very special guest today and that is La Rochelle star Dylan Lades. And just a note before we kick things off, for those of you lucky enough to be going over to the World Cup in France, Dylan will be at three special live shows in Paris alongside Brian O'Driscoll, Bernard Jackman and a host of other famous names. They will be at the Hyatt Regency Etoile Hotel in Paris the night before Ireland's games against South Africa, Scotland and hopefully a World Cup quarterfinal. For information on how to get tickets to those events, you can visit inextremis.ie. That is I-N-X-T-R-E-M-I-S dot I-E for all the information on those events. But for now, Dylan, welcome to the show. Hey, well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. Great to have you on. And I hope you've cooled down a little bit from Sunday night. I know you were playing down in Montpellier in La Rochelle's first game of the season. Yeah. A water break just before 11 p.m. It must have been very, very hot. It was extremely hot, um, I think. At the time of of kickoff, it was at kickoff was at nine pm. So I think it was still about thirty one, thirty two degrees. And um, yeah, so very lucky we we could have a water break. Even like you said, if it was at eleven pm at night. Yeah, hopefully Ronan O'Gara was nice and covered in the stand. Maybe I didn't have to put on too much sun cream. I know for us yeah, Irishmen, yeah. that kind of temperature is uh, not usually uh, ideal <laughs> for, for yourself. Um, this time of year, you know, it must be you know, obviously love to kick off the season again. But I suppose it's kind of a little disappointing for you. You know, the World Cup is on in France. You've obviously played for the Springboks before. You're in unbelievable form. Anyone who's watched you in the Champions Cup will know how how well you've been playing. You know, are you disappointed not to be involved with the World Cup? Not disappointed. No, I, I think I, I knew pretty pretty early on. You know, I had I haven't had too much communication from the Springbok coaches and stuff like that. So I, I knew pretty early on, you know, that uh, as much as it would have been um, something really cool to be a part of, to, to play a World Cup in France, you know, represent my country again. Um, in the country that I'm currently playing my club rugby, it would have been really awesome. But yeah, not too disappointed. Um, just really happy for the boys who, who are there. You know, I've still got some 
some really close mates who have made the, the World Cup squad now. So um, hopefully be able to catch up with them while they're over here. Yeah, like, but what, what more would you have to do to get involved? Obviously, you know, as I said, anyone who's seen you play two Champions Cups in a row, you've been, you know, so good for La Rochelle. Yeah. Like, is there anything more you could do? I obviously can't comment too much on that, but um, I think maybe, you know, the the, the, the coaches are, are pretty happy with, with what they've got in their, in their arsenal at the moment. Um, you know, I think at the weekend, the Wales game pretty much, um, Cheslin, Colby and, and Kane and Moody did an excellent job in terms of the wingers and then if you look at you know the other guys in the squad covering the back three positions I think they're pretty much settled with, with the guys they've got in there so um, yeah all I need to do is continue uh, playing playing well for, for La Rochelle and um, hopefully co- continue winning more trophies over here yeah, well, keep your phone on. They're in France at the moment, so you never know. <laughs> if you need a late call up. You're not too far. You can jump on the train. You could be. You could be up to Paris. You know, hundred percent. I might just um, might just pack, pack my boots when I go and try and catch up with 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 the boys in the squad. And hopefully, if they if they need me to fill in for a training session, you know, I'll be ready to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I know Irish fans will be delighted that you and Raymond Rule aren't involved. They have probably nightmares from seeing you guys play against Leinster <laughs> in the last couple of years, how successful you've been. Uh, just looking back to that famous game in Dublin, like obviously you didn't think Marseille could be topped in terms of drama, but uh, the comeback, the epic comeback and winning a second Champions Cup. Now with a couple of us was months removed from it, it was the celebrations have died down. Like, how would you explain what you guys achieved that day? How were you able to overturn such a big deficit? Yeah, like you say, that the days after the the final was very much uh, a blur for for many reasons. But um, yeah, we now that times passed, you know, and, and we often talk about that, or you see a little photo appear on social media or something like that. You know, to to do what what we were able to do in that final was was something something really special. You know, I think I, I listened to a podcast um a while ago where they were talking about it it could possibly be one of the one of the greatest Champions Cup finals or one of the best, you know, but yeah just to 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 be seventeen all down, you know, I think we probably everyone at the time was thinking, oh well, uh might as well get up off the couch and go and go and get on with my Saturday afternoon because Leinster's, you know, got got another one in the bag here, you know, but we were at the time still very confident that we could come back, you know, we we were under the poles and we just said, look guys, we, we haven't really had the ball in the first 20 minutes and we knew Leinster start well normally, and but th- that was just an absolute probably the most perfect 20 minutes of rugby, if, if you could call it that from Leinster, and um, we just got together and we said, look whenever we have an opportunity we get down there and we got to make it count. And, you know, we're lucky. We got two opportunities straight away and we scored two two really good tries. And even at half time, I think we were eight points or nine points down. I can't remember. But the mood at half time was really, I remember it so clearly. It was, everyone was really calm. And, you know, Raj came in and didn't say much. Um, it was mostly the players, you know, and mostly Greg and, and uh, Tawera Kobalo and Antoine Hastoy doing all the talking and just saying, look, we need to come out here and make sure we score first, whether it's three or five, you know. And all Rod said was, um, we're down by eight or nine, but um, if we score first, the momentum will, will shift. And um, yeah, 
I think it, that when that final whistle went, it was just it was crazy. Um, it was unbelievable to think that we'd gone to Dublin and beaten Leinster in a final and come back from seventeen 0 down. The emotions were, yeah, it was it it was special. It was sort of something that you never thought was going to happen, even though you you always believed. Um, there's still that part of you that's like. Shit. Well, I I do believe I I do back my boys, and but there's still that part of you that's like, well, this is not just any team; it's the mighty Leinster, you know. But yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, and you know, you you beat Leinster three years in a row as well. Like, and obviously yeah. Leinster have been so successful, and every team they play by La Rochelle, they seem to be able to beat <laughs> them beat pretty well. But when it's La Rochelle, there's just something about the way you guys play. I don't know, or the, or what, what what is it? What what do you think the kind of the secret ingredient is that Leinster just haven't been able to deal with? It helps that we've got three ex Munster players in our coaching staff at the moment, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that probably gives us a bit of an edge. But um, no, I think um, for us, you know, we, I remember the first time we played them in the in the semi final during the COVID uh, season of the Champions Cup. Um, they came to 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 La Rochelle to Marcel de Flandre. Even then, we were pretty confident. Just a the fact that it was at home and we had gone really well at home that season. Um, and the same sort of thing happened. Like they started really quickly, but we were so confident and so calm. And I think if you look at the squad that sort of played that game over the last two years, it hasn't really changed much, you know? So the guys who played, who, who's been playing, you know, we sort of have this thing of, look, even though Leinster... Are, are this powerhouse of, of, of European rugby, you know, we we can just be as good as them and, and if not better, you know. And I think as a squad, as a group, as a collective at the moment, we've got guys playing, you know, a couple of guys in the French squad, obviously got Big Wall with the Wallabies, we've got uh, Lips with Fiji. So we've got, we've got guys in international squads representing at the World Cup at the moment and then just from the guys who have stayed behind, you know, myself and Raymond, we've been in international setups as well, and Tawera, Kabbalo. So when you talk about experience and groups coming together, knowing how to deal with pressure or or how to be calm in pressured situations, I think we've we've got that really good blend of of knowing um, what works for us and the experience of this group. I think from that semi-final win at the Flan three seasons ago has just, you know, grown massively. And I think, you know, that's really given us the confidence that, you know, much like Leinster, where they've got the same guys turning up for them every weekend, we have the same guys turning up every weekend as well. And and I think that just gives us a lot of confidence and, and, and we have guys who, who can handle those pressure situations. How much are you looking forward to that game against Leinster in December in the Stade Marcel oh, de with a full house this time? It's I think it's 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 probably like just hopefully hopefully I'll be involved in that game come come December because you know we still got so much top fourteen to go. But yeah, it's probably gonna be I remember when the draw came out, we were actually the the boys we were on our way to to have like our end of season trip, you know, a couple of couple of us got together and uh, we remember the draw came out and we saw we were playing Leinster at the Flint and everyone was just like, 
for the first reaction was like, geez, how are they going to put the two finalists in the first round of pool games? <laughs> but uh, the second reaction was like, man, it's at home. It's at the Flund. And last time we played them at the Flund, there was obviously no one there. Mm. And um, for everyone that sort of watched La Rochelle over the last couple of seasons know that our fans are, I'll, I'll probably go as far to say as unmatched, you know, but yeah, the Flund, a, a packed out the Flund is, is crazy. And knowing that it's going to be Leinster in the first pool game. Yeah, I think everyone sort of just highlighted that on the calendar and be like, shit, I want to be part of that 23. Yeah, no, your fans, the La Rochelle fans in Dublin were absolutely sensational. Like, they were, oh, they were amazing. They're crazy. That uh, Our fans, honestly, like, you see sometimes, like, on, on social media and stuff, they just be speaking about, like, oh, I've, I've bought tickets to go to this game and, like, where we're all sitting, like, where we're all meeting before. And it's, you know, it's 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 so special for us. Like, like La Rochelle is not the biggest of, of towns, you know, but, man, it feels like you're playing at the Aviva Stadium when we're playing just in front of 16,000 here at the Flund, you know, and it's packed and they're singing and the the band's playing and it's, yeah, they just, they got so much passion and so much love for the team. You know, it's it's awesome. What are those bus tours like around the city after you win those tournaments? They look absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Just give us an insight yeah. into what those celebrations are like. Um, they're pretty crazy. They're pretty crazy. They, I must say, they always start off really, or well, I'd say a lot of the boys are sort of, it's just a follow-on from the night before. So you, you go, only go on a couple of hours sleep. Some boys no sleep. And um, you get on that bus and you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, just chill for a bit, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on the waters for for the first little bit, but man, as soon as you get make that turn into the port and you see all the fans with their flags and their La Rochelle jerseys on, you're just like, yeah, this this is crazy. There, it's such a, it's almost overwhelming at at some point because you're just like, you realize like this is what I'm playing for every weekend, you know, and the people are so appreciative, like. Sometimes it's they like they 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 just thank they just say thank you like they just want to thank you for what you're doing for La Rochelle and what you're doing for the town and for the rugby club and for them you know as fans but yeah those the the last two um, last two little parades have been uh, have been really crazy some some boys have have missed half of it because they dance they downstairs napping and won't mention names but. Uh, other boys have uh, have really have really flowed into uh, or have really gotten into a habit of making a a, four, a forty hour forty eight hours with no sleep kind of kind of situation. So no, those bus trips aren't good for the health. Let me tell you that. Yeah, well, well deserved to be fair. Well deserved yeah. after winning a couple of Champions Cups. Really, want to ask you about Ron O'Gara. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you you might have seen the video. You were probably in it. There's a great video going viral over in Ireland. Of I think it's a team talk before the. The top 14 semi-final against Bordeaux, Ronan O'Gara is giving a speech and in French, but with a really strong Irish accent. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't seen the video, but yeah, Roger's French accent or his French dialect with his Irish accent is incredible. And um, to be fair to him, like I understand him so much better than the the traditional French-speaking uh, coaches, you know. Yeah, but. Yeah, do sometimes. the French players understand him? Um, yeah, they get Rog, but they don't understand Donica. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
they they struggle to understand Donica, but no, he we always we always uh, have a little joke like when 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 Donica starts to speak, everyone's like, sure, we wonder if he's going to be speaking English or French, but uh, <laughs> no, they they um they 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 like the boys understand Rog and they understand you know obviously not all the time, but they understand Donica, but yeah, for me listening to Rog speak, I'm like, this is crazy, like. The Irish accent with the French, yeah, it's 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 pretty funny to be fair. And sometimes he just, I think when he's when his mind's just tracking tracking of what he's trying to say, he'll just blurt out the swear word. Yeah, because <laughs> he's probably just forgotten the actual French word, and then it's just like, oh, tough, and I'll just start going in English now. Yeah, he hasn't learned the French F word yet. He's just going with the English one for the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's just sticking with that. But you know, luckily, there's no. Uh, Lost in translation when it comes yeah. to that particular word. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. But it's a great video. I'm sure everyone, most people listening, I'd say, yeah. would probably see it by now. But what can you tell us for like Irish fans who are really interested in Raj? Like, what's he? What what's special about him as a coach? Obviously, to have had so much success with, as you mentioned, French players, South Africans, Australians, New Zealand's, Fijians. It's a different. It's a very mixed group, yeah. and he's come in and, and had a lot of success. What's he good at? First of all, I think Raj is he's a competitor and. I think in his playing days, you know, he was he always wanted to win. He wanted to win everything he was doing. Like, man, we all, we always joke that we'll talk about like doing a certain play, and and our tens will have to kick the ball or whatever, and Rog will come onto the field and like take the ball from them and like you kick it like this, you know. But that's yeah. just what he is. Like that's his natural way. He's a, he's a competitor. He wants to win and. When when we when this group got together, that's was his biggest thing. You know, he wanted to change our mindset of being like, "Hey, you're not you're not just coming to play in France to get a paycheck and live the good life, travel around Europe, that kind of thing." And also, I'm here to win, so that means you here to win. Like, I want to like he's come out like literally all the time and said. There's so many guys here who have the potential to go in and play for France or play for South Africa or whatever, and I want to make sure you do that. That's my job. But the only way we're going to do that is if we work together and we win things together and we achieve together. And and he's such a he's, he's such a family orientated guy as well. He understands, and and I suppose that's the benefit of having played rugby for so long. You know, he understands that you can go for five six games in a row, but there's a time when you're just like, I, I need to switch off a bit, and he'll he'll be good. He'll we'll play a game on a Saturday and Sunday morning. Roger will give you a call and say, "Listen, I only need you to come in tomorrow and Tuesday or Monday and Tuesday, um, do the meetings, and then after that, I don't want you anywhere near rugby. Go away, go away with your wife, take the kids away. Like he's really gotten that part right, and 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 as 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 a as a player, you know, especially today where rugby, it just seems like it doesn't ever stop. You know, you need that break. And, and Roger's really good with that, really good in managing us as, as a group in terms of getting away from the game and then actually coming back and looking forward to being back with the boys, looking forward to playing again, you know. Um, he's obviously, as an, as, as, as an Irishman, he's not one to shy away from the beers, obviously. <laughs> so... <laughs> So after after a win, especially an away win, 
uh, Roger's the first one handing out beers, you know. I think sometimes before he even gets to his, his debrief after the game, he's handing out beers. And um, it, let, it, lets, it lets us as the players know as well that, you know, there's 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 more to, to life than just winning rugby games, you know. Like, you got to enjoy what you're doing at the end of the day. And I think he's he said on a on a, a few occasions already that maybe before when he was playing, for him it was all just about rugby. And when he spent time in New Zealand, he realised, you know, that there's a way you can, can still enjoy rugby, but also enjoy being away from rugby. And I think from what I've taken from him is, is that's his biggest thing at the moment. Like Even though he's, his desire to win and his will to win hasn't changed a single bit, but he's probably learned that you can enjoy it at the same time while working hard, while still winning and, and while still um, achieving great things as, as a coach and as a playing group. And, and how much does Raj love beating Lanster? Oh, I think you can you can see it from all the videos that, that goes <laughs> around with, whenever uh, we we beat Leinster. But yeah, he he loves it. I think uh, it's obviously a a personal battle uh, all the time when because like, he's a Munster boy and Munster and Leinster and all that sort of thing. So it's obviously always that little bit of extra spice when we play Leinster. But um, yeah, like before I personally didn't. Uh, there's like always uh, even in South Africa you know like I used to play at the Stormers and we don't really like the Bulls so you make it clear during the week you don't like them but like when I got to actually chat with Raj and you chat to Donica Sean McDougall even Alton Delan like there's that like there's this real big thing about Leinster and the other Irish teams you know yeah. and um, so you realise that there's that there's there's always a lot more to it. But yeah, Rogers. I think it, like the last couple of times when we've played them that whole week, he tries to he tries to be really calm with his with his team talks as the week goes on. But by a team meeting on Tuesday afternoon, he's lost and he's like ready to play. He's ready to strap on the boots himself, you know. And then it always like at the end of the meeting it always have to be like, Oh, sorry boys, um, yeah, I got a bit carried away there. The game's only on Saturday. Like, let's calm down. And we're like, we calm. You need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's turned into probably one of the great rivalries in rugby. Yeah, Leinster, La Rochelle. Exactly. December is going to be yeah. brilliant. Just, we might finish up with a couple of World Cup questions just before uh, we finish up, if that's okay. Obviously, Ireland yeah. versus South Africa is the big game in the pool. You're a Springbok. You know Ireland very well. You're on regard. Like, who do you who do you think will win that game? Um. Uh... Obviously, going to say the Springboks, you know, but I don't think it's going to be uh, as convincing, I suppose, as as people might think, or as us as South African rugby supporters might want it to be. Um, I think we've all seen what Ireland have done over the last eighteen months and what they're capable of, and I personally believe they probably favourites going into the World Cup. Uh, I think South Africa uh, are, miss- are missing some key players going into that World Cup and it could potentially probably uh, change the way they might approach games. I think just if you look, if we're looking at the number 10 position, um, Mani Lebok, who's currently playing fly-off, is a very ball-in-hand type of player and he likes to take it, take the ball to the line, put guys away in space, and 
whereas you know that's probably not the Springboks DNA so I think it might change things up a bit but then you look at Ireland and that's the way they want to play you know they like having the balls around ball in the air throwing the ball around sort of second wave of attack you know off, off Sexton and Ross Byrne and that kind of thing so I, I think the Springboks are going to win it um, not by much uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a really good game and I think they might end up meeting each other again along uh, uh, along the way or actually I think they're playing they could potentially play each other in the quarterfinal or a semifinal final. in the final yeah 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 uh, so I, th- I think that could happen could potentially happen yeah do you think, obviously, there's so many Leinster players who play in the Ireland team. Do you think that defeat to La Rochelle, like losing a big lead at home and and that kind of disappointment, will that carry into the World Cup, do you think? No, not at all. I think it's, I suppose it's a completely different approach when you, when you're up in, in the international game and, and playing in the international level, especially in the World Cup. I think if we're to look at that, that Champions Cup final, um, they probably would have obviously done things differently and maybe not be as um, as 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 open to to doing things um, or playing the way they traditionally would be. I think if if anything, it it would have given them it would have probably given them a bit of a shock to say, okay, how do we handle this the next time something like this comes around again, you know? Um, it's it's the, the only negative thing is that they probably don't find themselves in that position often um, where they're racing ahead and teams are actually coming back at them, you know? So whether they see that as a negative, I don't think so because... You'd have players in there who'd, who'd, who'd know, okay, we identify that this went wrong or that went wrong and, and we can and they can sort of know where to backtrack from to make sure that doesn't happen again. And um, when you're in that position in a World Cup, there's no ways you're, you're, you're letting that slip. I think they would have probably as a, as a collective had a look at that game and realized or identified at least areas where they um, could have been better at and I think they're such a strong group that they would have had open and honest discussions to say, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that, and we can be better here and be better there. So I don't think it would have done any damage to them as a as players, neither as a collective. Okay, well, very interesting insights. Very last question before I let you go, and yeah. I really appreciate you giving me uh, so much of your time today. I want to ask you about that offload you had for the Stormers against the Chiefs a couple of years ago. <laughs> I think everyone, if you haven't seen it, just Google Dylan Lade's offload. It'll be the first thing that comes up. You're, you're on your, you're sitting on your arse basically, and you throw this unbelievable <laughs> offload out the back. What can you just talk me through what you were thinking for that unbelievable bit of skill? Uh well, to be honest, I, I was not thinking. That's the <laughs> complete honesty. I was not thinking, uh, and if anything, that that ball was. Probably, if I let it go half a second earlier or later, it was probably ending up in the in the grandstand of Newland Stadium anyway. But yeah, that was 
it was literally just a moment of as soon as I caught the ball and I was stumbling, I'd seen um my support player being in just acres of space and he was to my left, but I sort of caught the ball in my right hand and was falling down awkwardly. And yeah, in in my head, I was just like, oh, I, I need to get this ball to him as quickly as possible. How do, how do I get it to him? And yeah, and I just let it, let it drop basically out the back. And when I turned around and I saw him, he saw him, he saw that he had caught the ball and was running off. I was like, Oh my word, I can't believe that actually <laughs> can't believe that actually worked. It was um, peak super rugby, peak super rugby. Peak super rugby. And honestly, I've, it's been what that was twenty seventeen, so six years now. I've never tried to do that pass ever again. I've never tried to imitate something like that at training. I just said, Look, I've done it once. I I just want people to believe that I can do that all the time, so I'm never gonna try and do it again. <laughs> Well, once is enough with a great piece of skill uh, like yeah. that. Uh, Dylan, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hope you keep your phone on and Razzy Erasmus is in touch over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you might get might get the call up. But enjoy the World Cup and best of luck with the rest of the Cheers. season. Thanks, Will. Cheers, Cheers. That's all we have time for on this special episode of the Left Wing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.